Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. From KCBS Radio in San Francisco, I'm Matt Pittman, and this is Bay Current for Wednesday, January 26th. Omicron was the latest variant of the coronavirus to prolong the COVID pandemic, and it introduced new elements into the fray, namely its super contagious nature. And now researchers are racing to produce a vaccine booster specific to the Omicron variant. Would we need a fourth booster shot and only for this variant? And would it protect against future variants? That was the topic and just a few of the questions on KCBS Radio's Ask an Expert segment with Dr. Nevin Krogan, director of the Quantitative Biosciences Institute at UCSF here in the Bay Area. My KCBS Radio colleagues, Matt Bigler and Holly Kwan, take it from here. Let's start off with with Pfizer. So they're launching those clinical trials. And I vaguely remember that they had uh, previously said that they wanted to shoot for March to have an Omicron specific vaccine in place. So this follows along that these trials are going to be uh, leading up to hopefully something they have ready in March. Yeah, it looks like it. And uh, what they can do quite easily is tailor their vaccines to different variants. Um, So they've designed the RNA to be compatible with the spike protein. So we'd be generating antibodies against the spike protein of um, Omicron. I guess for me, the question is, you know, once this is available to the great masses, is it going to be required or there's going to be something else that we need to deal with? And it's not just Omicron, right? It's also the other variants that are out there that are being targeted by this new vaccine. Is that correct? Well, I think all these vaccines are going to be targeting all the variants, which is um, uh, great. The question is, do we need this higher level of specificity with these vaccines to be effective? But it's been uh, proven that, um, you know, the original vaccine, when you get your booster shot, you get great immunity against um, Omicron, Delta, and, and, and any other variant for that matter. So ideally, are you saying that ideally maybe we should be looking for a vaccine that, uh, you know, end all be all, like it covers everybody, not necessarily having to be um, tailored every time a new variant shows up? Yeah, I mean, that would be very advantageous uh, for not just for, say, SARS-CoV-2, but other coronaviruses that could rear its uh, head. And to be able to do that, we just need to study this virus in more detail. We need to get a better understanding of how it infects ourselves and ultimately how we can uh, prevent it through vaccines and then also uh, combat it through uh, drugs and therapies. This is starting to sound like the flu shot, right? Because every year, uh, epidemiologists monitor for the different influenza vaccines that are out there, a 
vaccine is tailored and then it's administered. Do you see that as maybe the future of an endemic virus instead of a pandemic? I think absolutely. This is what we're going to be dealing with. When we get our flu shot, I assume we're also going to be getting our coronavirus shot as well. And with the the flu shots, um, the scientists do their best job to try to predict, you know, which strain is going to be most prevalent and therefore which vaccine would be most effective. And um, I think the same thing is going to be happening here with um, uh, SARS-CoV-2 and and, and the coronavirus. But in order to make these predictions more accurately, we really need to understand um, um, in a much deeper way um, how this virus is causing such havoc um, uh, in our cells. So there's so much more work we need to do. Uh, in order to understand that. Well, let's talk about your work. Your research looks at the mapping of COVID mutations in order to understand them. So why do we want to be studying um, variants that maybe have been variants of the past if they're not making up most of the cases that we're we're seeing now? Well, most of the the, the research, the vast, vast majority of research uh, is focused on the the spike protein in these variants. And, And I think, I mean, that's good because the spike protein allows the virus to get into our cells. But what about after the virus is in our cells? Can't there be mutations in uh, some of the other genes? You know, that's one out of, say, approximately 30 genes that the virus has. What about mutations in, in other genes? And we've really been focusing on a different part of the virus. Um, and we've shown um, that certain mutations are actually suppressing the immune response after the uh, virus gets into our cells. And that's important because then it allows the virus to replicate more. And ultimately, this is how you can get increased um, uh, a transmissibility. And we initially focused on the alpha variant because at the time it was the most prevalent, but there's mutations in the alpha variant that are now um, popping up in Delta and uh, Omicron. So I think it's really important for us to study you know, all the mutations, all the variants, because the next variant is going to be a mixture of the mutations that exist in the previous variants. I'm going to ask a question from a listener. Thank you for sending it in that I think fits here. If you had COVID and didn't know it, would a test show that you had had it? Um, that you've had had? I mean, if there, um, uh, antibody tests, um, if you were so inclined to, to carry out such tests, yes. Um, but of course, immunity wanes after a, a cer- certain amount of time. So you could, although this isn't routinely done, you could go and look at uh, antibodies to see if you um, have had uh, the infection. I, I was just looking at uh, a story that I saw that came out with uh, two um, cases in Washington state that may have some sort of variant from from Omicron. It, it, it just it, it raised my eyebrows because I thought, OK, here we go again. Here's yet another mutation or a, a, a variant. Well, I mean, we, we just need to be careful. I mean, the virus mutates and it, the vast majority of mutations are not going to result in something that's you know, more problematic than the, the initial uh, strain. And uh, large parts of the world are carrying out a lot of sequencing. So we're b- being able to monitor in a way that's never been done before mutation of this um, uh, virus. But we've got to be careful and not get too uh, wound up when we start to see some mutations um, and you know, let the researchers do their work and um, going forward. So um, you're going to see the virus mutate. You just got to be careful in terms of the implications you draw from those mutations. What what is hybrid immunity? I, I've heard this term, and and how does that how does that work? I mean, does that are we getting closer to that? Is it something we we want to get to? Well, it's definitely been shown that if you're um, vaccinated, and then you get a breakthrough infection, um, you're you're getting a much higher level of immunity. And I think the converse is true as well. If you were infected and then you got the vaccine, so. Um, the data is definitely uh, showing that you're getting this extra level of protection. 
especially when you get vaccinated and get a breakthrough infection. So um, this hybrid immunity, um, I think, is real and it is providing people with a great deal of infection. But, you know, it's even more reason to get vaccinated. There's still an uncomfortable amount of people not vaccinated in, in, in this country, in, in my opinion. So we have the tools to combat this. So the message is, is get vaccinated if you're not vaccinated and get a booster ASAP if you haven't got that yet. Yeah, I wonder who hasn't gotten that message yet. And then when we hear about things like hybrid immunity, I wonder whether it gives the wrong message because people say, OK, well, even though I'm um you know, I'm, I'm vaccinated and I'm boosted. You know, maybe I'm going to go ahead and go to this concert or sporting event or party because if I happen to get it, I won't die. And then I'm going to have a higher amount of immunity. Well, I, that's that's one way of thinking of it. I think a, a better, um, less selfish way of thinking about it is that um, you could be spreading the virus. OK, and you could be spreading the virus to somebody who just can't medically get vaccinated. Um, or won't be as you know healthy as you, you know that's number one. Number two, I, people need to think about long COVID too. This is going to be a phenomenon that we're going to be dealing with for many, many years, and we're seeing people with long COVID, even if you've been vaccinated and get infected and, and seemingly recover very quickly. The third point I'd make is that um, you know the more the virus spread, the more a chance you give it to mutate, and then the more chance the virus has to overcome some of our defense strategies that we have in place, like the vaccination. So it could come back to get you um, at the end of the day. So um, I think we still have to be you know, steadfast. This has been going on for a couple of years, um, but I still think we need to be taking these, these uh, not so intrusive precautions when we're going about our daily uh, business. So the Omicron surge seems to be over the peak. The data shows that the testing, the uh, positive tests are declining. I'd like to ask you about how you feel about where we are and where do you think we'll be in the next couple of weeks? Well, the Omicron, it is declining, although what trails after the peak of infection or uh, the peak of hospitalization and deaths. And um, as of the last couple of days, we're almost at the same death rate in this country as we were at the Delta peak back, back last uh, summer. But hopefully that decreases in, in the very near future. Um, you know, I'm hopeful that in a couple months, things will be closer um, uh, back to normal. Um, with this, with the immunity, with the hybrid immunity that we're seeing with, you know, the mass infections and combined with the, the, um, uh, the vaccinations that are, uh, um, you know, quite prevalent in many parts of the world. So, you know, knock on wood, um, you never know what this virus is going to do. Every time you think you predict what this virus is going to do, it surprises us. But the hope is, you know, in the next few months in the summer, we're, we're, we're back to normal. And, and I'm hoping we don't, we're not dealing with another variant that has been a problematic as, as transmissible as Omicron or as deadly as Delta. Thank you again to Dr. Nevin Krogan, the director of the Quantitative Biosciences Institute at UCSF here in San Francisco. And thanks as well to my KCBS radio colleagues, Matt Bigler and Holly Kwan. And thank you for listening. New episodes of Bay Current are out every day, and we'd love to be part of your daily routine. You can subscribe on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and just about anywhere you listen to podcasts. And every episode of Bay Current is on the KCBS radio YouTube page, and there is a link to that in our show notes. That's it for today's Bay Current. I'm Matt Pittman. We'll chat with you again tomorrow.
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.